Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from bold beauties to bodacious bears. And today, we're revisiting the bard. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. What's going on, man? I'm ready to learn about bards. That's what's going on. Yeah. We're recording a podcast. We are. We you are know recording. what's going on. <laughs> That's true. I do know what's <laughs> going on here. Um, yeah, we're going to we're gonna talk about the bard today. Oh, uh, yeah. For the second time. Again. We're revisiting. With feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and this time we're going to go through the three subclasses that were presented in Xanathar's Guide. Um, the College of Glamour, the College of Swords, and the College of Whispers. Whispers. And we did talk about all three of these a little bit. In, in Xanathar's Guide. In the Xanathar's and Guide And I covered episode, them very true. loosely because I didn't yes. take very detailed yes. notes. But I did. But you today. did. Today. Not that time. But For today. this. Yes. For now. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're going to run through them. And then at the end of the episode, yeah, we're going to build uh, We're gonna build one of these. Yeah, that's right. Uh, today I'm in charge of building a character. So Indeed. I've given wanna... you the responsibility. Indeed. And I have... Uh, it's Willed it responsibly. Like, yeah, it's a lot of power. <laughs> a lot of power. Yeah, indeed. All right, so uh, so let's start with the College of Glamour. Let's. I really like these. Uh, this one. I actually I really liked all three of these. But um, College of Glamour. They when you get there, they give you a sequin vest. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the okay. So the College of Glamour is uh, it's really really steeped in what is fey. It's just an extremely fey yeah. subclass. It's 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 basically the College of becoming an arch fey. That's cool. Which I think is really cool um, because I like face stuff and more of it's better. A lot of people like face stuff. <clears throat> yeah. I found so, out doing the show. So this college, yeah, yeah. So this college is all about uh, enchantment and enthrallment. It's um, honestly, it's a, it's, 
it's a very glam. Obviously, it's a very glamorous uh, subclass, but <laughs> no, it, it is actually a little bit disturbing. Yeah, because um, it's like, a, it's really about bending it, it's lesser like, people to your will. Yeah, it's like brain. It's like super magical short term brainwashing. Indeed, sometimes long term brainwashing. Indeed, and which is, it, I think that's very uh, appropriate because the Fae are simultaneously beautiful, and whimsical, and scary as fuck. Yeah, so. <laughs> don't tell them your name. Yeah, don't tell them your name ever. Um, so so let's get into it. Um. I find that this class is good for um, multi-classing if you're a Phalock. Oh. Yeah, because oh. it's just good flavor. It mixes really well. And also the Phalock also specializes in enthrallment to a much lesser extent. I mean, it, it focuses just as much. It's just not quite as good at it as, as the Glamour Bard. The Glamour Bard is exceptionally good at uh, charming people. Okay. Um, I also like this subclass for if you're trying to make a arch villain for your campaign um there's not a lot of we've talked about this there's not a lot of options in the monster manual or even in volo's guide for like powerful fey monsters or almost right. any fey monsters and there's not a lot of them uh and arch are exceptionally powerful one thing you could do is build like a level 18 college of glamour bard or at the very least take some of these same things that the college glamour bard can do and just kind of attach them to the monster that you're building and yeah. it's very flavorful it works um, those are two things that I would suggest this class for. Are people homebrewing their fae, their big fae creatures? Like, I, 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 they have to. Yeah, you're either re reskinning or or completely homebrewing. Because in so. Tome of Beasts, there's a stat, oh, yeah. there's a stat block for them. Yeah. They're, oh, Tome got, of like, Beasts, five or six. Tome of Beasts is a different. Well, it's a different beast. Uh, there are amazing arch fae options and in there's there. a ton of fae monsters yeah a ton like of fae monsters. everything the, the monster manual is missing i feel like that book tries to fill it in yeah it's a third party book but i i love that book and uh yeah i've taken a look at some of the arch fae that they have in there and it's super super cool yeah definitely but let's get back to the bard so let's get into some of the abilities that the college of glamour gets um the first one you get at level three is called mantle of inspiration and it's all the all the different bards of classes get um this kind of alternate use for their bardic inspiration die okay which i'm sure you remember it's a die that they can expand to give an ally yeah, a bonus it's a, to it's a roll typically a d6 right it starts as a d6 it does uh it increases increase, at like what sixth eighth level fourth it, level? It, it goes up over over the levels i think by the end it's like a d10 i'm not positive on that but i'm pretty sure it is um so with the mantle of inspiration you get an alternative use for your bardic inspiration die that's cool you basically can play a song of fey magic that will imbue your allies with vigor and speed. Nice. So, excuse me. You basically, you choose a number of targets equal to your charisma mod, and those targets get five temporary HP, and also um, they get to spend, they get the ability to spend a bonus action to move their speed without provoking opportunity attacks. That's good. That's it's always very good. Really, really good. Especially if you were in a really bad situation, like let's say an ambush. Yeah. Uh, you can just play your mantle of inspiration. Everyone can get the fuck out. Yeah, so, get to the outsides or yeah. surround somebody. It's really cool. It also, uh, it super reminds me of old fourth edition, the Warlord. Ooh, um, that tactical kind of like. Yeah, point it, point and click exactly. And the thing is, uh, in the Warlord from Fourth Edition had a thing. I don't remember the name of the feature, but they all had a different thing that procked immediately at the beginning of initiative. Um, and some of it was, uh, it would like boost your AC or or 
I, boost your initiative. Yeah. Some of it would just bo- uh, give you a bonus to initiative. But one of them was everybody in your party got to shift a number of squares equal to your charisma mod or something oh, like that. Nice. It might have been wisdom mod. But like that's basically what this is with a little bit of, of flavor on top. Right. And uh, I just think it's really cool. And I think the way you would kind of explain this uh, in in physics of the game is... It, well, it's fake, so it's like wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you got you got like movement shiny. You know, like an yeah, after image kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. Like, the like glitter that. coming off of you or whatever. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and not everybody they like are swiping for your after image, maybe or yeah, like, something like trying that. to hit you. You're not really there. They think yeah. you're closer than you are or something. Exactly, something like that. And and you know, without since it doesn't provoke opportunity attack, you can get really um, creative with it. I mean, you could be like, oh, you teleport, you know, like, oh, shit, yeah, it's, it's up to you. Um, you move through. The I mean, ethereal honestly, plane. if you uh, <clears throat> if you make it ethereal plane or or teleportation, there are, are other um, things about that that kind of make it overpowered. Oh, the implications yeah, of like being in like, the ethereal plane. Yeah. Well, it's like oh, you move through walls now. Yeah. And that's not that's not fair and that's not balanced. But yeah. my point is you can flavor it up because it lacks the opportunity attack bit. So you get another feature at level three. It's called enthralling performance, and this is like, this is this is like the cool thing about this is the this cool class. thing uh, at the beginning of taking this subclass. You can charge your musical performance or any of your performances. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be music with uh, with what I like to call sexy fame mojo. Uh, <laughs> your freeform be- haiku poetry, <laughs> indeed. Uh, you can choose a number of people equal to your charisma mod within sixty feet of you, and they have to witness the entire performance. But if they do so. They then have to make a charisma save uh, versus being charmed, and it's a very special charm. It's like not like the normal charmed um, condition. Although I think it's the charm condition plus these extra it's things. Bonus charm. It's bonus charm. It's charm plus. It's like um, when you go to buy toilet paper and they're they are like, we put in an extra two hundred feet in here. <laughs> yeah, sure, right. It's exactly <laughs> like that. Um, so if they fail, if they fail this, they are charmed in such a way where they idolize you and will speak glowingly of you and even hinder your foes for the next hour. Ooh. And they the just best, become fucking super fans. They're just super on your jam. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, they're like outside your tour bus when you exactly. roll up and you they, didn't they, tell anybody you were going to that place. <laughs> they temporarily become your groupies. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the, the best or uh, simultaneously the most disturbing part is after it's all said and done, they don't even realize they were charmed. Now, this is important because... And Very different from normal charming. Yeah, stuff. normal charming, they almost always realize it and then they're miffed about it or whatever. Like, oh, man. But this is got like... got the better of me. Yeah, exactly. But in this case, it's like you controlled them and now they'll never know. Yeah, you're just like, like that was so dope. You remember that time Homeboy came here and sang? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's it for level three. Uh, the next um, feature that you get will be at level six. It's called Mantle of Majesty. Uh, with this uh, uh, feature, you get the ability to cloak yourself in fame magic and cast command at will as a bonus action yes. for a minute uh, without using slots, by the I, way. I think that's what I geeked out about last time. Yeah, it's just like you just too. command, like, kneel, cheer, <laughs> laugh. You know, you just brain control everybody. Yep. Now, I think there's nothing special about this one. <clears throat> I think they will realize that, you know, that they were magically. Yeah. Um, I, I, forced I have to do a memory so. of doing something that's very out of yeah. character for me. Yeah. Also, uh, it's at this point that you are, you just kind of become otherworldly kind of beautiful. Right. Um, I think it's that's like the when, thrall. Yeah. It's no, it, you only have this beauty when you're using this mantle of majesty and, and cloaking yourself in the fame magic. Now I picture this, you've seen Lord of the Rings, right? I have. Of course you have. Um, 
the scene where with Frodo and Galadriel and like Frodo offers her the ring and like she freaks out and she goes into like they would like, worship me as a queen. Don't blah, give me blah, blah. that shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't really want it. I kind of want it. Don't all, give me that shit. All would love me and despair. Yeah, like the way she looks and like the way she like is exuding her her presence. Like that's what this would look like to me. That was, it's uh, like you are simultaneously scary as fuck and commanding whatever you want and also like beautiful. That was a powerful scene. They gave her like the double like uh like semitone range. Oh yeah, they, they did some cool audio they, like, work there. Do the background like gets dark and yeah, like, yeah, like that exactly. shimmer over her, but it's like all gray and that. That's to me what this mantle of majesty would look kind of like. evil. Almost. Yeah, almost very, very sinister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sinister. So, so, that, so yeah, that's what you get at level six. Again, it's very, very, very much about bending people to your will. Right. <clears throat> and it's cool. I like the glamour bard a lot. The player's handbook says like bards are the like pop stars of the D and D world. They very much are. And this is like the embodiment of that to the maximum of like a yeah. um, like an idol like the way there's exactly. like japanese idols you definitely have a, a real edge over the other bar, bar uh, bards on the pop charts with yes. your, this subclass yeah. yeah you're on billboard they're yeah. promoting you it's like everyone else is i'm trying to think of a good analogy but like with this one you're elvis presley okay with with the other bards you're pretty much anyone who isn't elvis presley during the time of elvis presley <laughs> yeah ariana grande is a glamour bard there we go sure sure I guess I don't know her. So um, um, level 14, though, you get Bruno Mars. I, I know the name Adele and Beyonce. Uh, OK, I know who they are. Yeah. yeah. OK. Yeah. That that Glamour that adds Barnes. up. I agree with that. OK, level 14 uh, and your, your big one. You get your big one at level 14. It's called Unbreakable Majesty. I really like the title of this one. Yeah. So with this one, you just permanently become lovely and fierce. You're like a wild you, horse. You're like Unbreakable. a wild horse. No, you try to, you just, you go full Galadriel and you never go back. Basically, oh, Basically is what happens. You just walk around like that. Um, also once, and this is, I, I find this ability to be simultaneously awesome. And as a dungeon master, this would just be so freaking annoying to have to, to deal with. Uh, once a short rest, you can assume a magical presence where the first attack on you each turn uh the attacker must make a charisma save in order to even attack you oh my god so it's just like uh so like, like uh, you're burning why? you're burning turns off of off of npc backgrounds. yeah you really are well maybe i have to well, reread the feature because it, it might be that they well now they're going to choose to attack someone else if they oh can. okay but like you could be away from the rest of your people and they might not be able to attack anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And isn't it a thing where if they like come up to attack you and fail and they have to move away, is that an opportunity attack? I guess we would have to reread the feature, huh? Yeah, I'd have to reread the feature. But the point of this feature is that, number one, like you said, it definitely uh, has the potential to burn entire turns of monsters. That's super powerful. Yeah, That's it, what you do to your players. Yeah. It also is extremely defensive. Like it is, it's better than advantage, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Um and because uh, not only because that was just rolling in order to attack you. Now they have to roll to actually hit. you. Yes. Yeah. So. So I think so there's another there's another check wall in front of the actual exactly. like, attacking check wall. And I just it's really cool that as a dungeon master, I would just be like, damn, you fuck. I have to roll two <laughs> D20s every time I want to even like touch this guy. Yeah. There's this probably, one there's guy. There's got to be other guys. And the thing is, bards can bards can wreak havoc, man. Like yes. they, they cause like just being pure support, not talking about damage output. They just they cause problems. Yes. <laughs> for dungeon masters. And like this thing is for sure is causing. Yeah. This thing is re- at level 14. You're wreaking havoc on the. On true. and off the battlefield. True. That's that's true. Well, another thing that makes this uh, potent for the level you get it at is at the higher levels, you start dealing with monsters who are capable of just saving because they fucking want to. Right. But with this, this isn't a save. It's like, a check. They, they have to make a check 
and and then they have to attack you. So I, for me, it's it's better than them having to make a charisma save. Right, so. and even if there's well, a actually, high... Actually, it is a charisma save. It's not a check. So. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it, but, so, so something's still going to have to burn. Yeah, it, uh, it would have to... If it wanted to use its ability to just succeed at the save, like, honestly, it better... it burn it on that than burning it on someone casting a level seven spell exactly like this is just a like a another thing for them to deal with thing exactly and like it's a legendary reaction right that a dragon can use to like save itself um it might be i think it might be it's probably hard against dragons because they've got high charisma anyway i'm I'm remembering tiamat specifically and she just had a five a day thing or five times a day um, as a free action, she could just say, nope, I I save. Yeah, I think uh, ancient dragons have a legendary reaction where they can choose to save as well. Yeah. That's so strong. Yeah, very strong. Okay, so that's the College of Glamour. Um, that's the basics about it. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Um, it's a good time. Yeah, I think uh, it doesn't necessarily have to... <laughs> what? <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to the Fae. Um, I like that it's steeped in Fae, mm-hmm. but also, like, you could just reflavor it to be whatever, you know? Yeah, and this is, like, the Fae, uh, like, the they're going... You want to go half-elf or you want to go full-elf. Yeah, I, uh, I like the Fae option because there, there needs to be those options, but also because there's dragons, feel free to reflavor it. It could be something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It could be, like... Uh, it could be fiendish, like because fiends like succubi and whatnot, they're enthralling and you know beautiful and fierce and all that stuff. Glamorous, you could, yeah. You can make it. Um, you could you could reflavor it to be more fiendish than fae. Yeah, so. tiefling, <coughs> tiefling. Yeah, you could go full full fiendy. Um, all right. Anything you want to add to Glamour Bard before we move on? I'm ready to move on. All right. So let's move on to the College of Swords. Let's do which it. you said in the Xanthar's Guide episode that you did not like. Well, it's not. It's just not my favorite. That's, I, that's like, understandable. Th- there's, <coughs> like, I think the way the magic comes out is cool, but, like, mm-hmm. it just bit on the, um, it bit on, like, the fighter kind of vibe, um, I, which I'm like, dude, the fighter is already, like, just so alone, you know, in the world. Yeah. Um, it definitely has leave some fire fighter alone. In it. It's a way to get some fighter in your bar, but then without you, a doubt. You made the good point of uh, explaining to me like exactly how powerful this class can be because oh yeah, yeah, you the, are a full caster. You are a full caster, and so. I failed to like kind of piece all that. <laughs> oh yeah, you still got all that cool bard shit. Yeah, you have all the cool bard shit. Um, so the College of Swords for me is I like it a lot. Um, when I initially was reading it, there was a part of me that didn't care for it because it was my up until now my favorite college had been the college of valor which is a distinctly less powerful college uh, <laughs> especially when you now add all these to it and uh, the Wait. college of swords is just distinctly better well you're a texture and flavor man i am you like I, the I way things am. feel in the mouth yeah and and the college of swords basically is the college of valor but better and so <laughs> there's part of me that was like oh but i like the college of valor but then the other part of me is well now i have a better one so yay, yay <laughs> will's me. new favorite yeah it's you know i think it might be my new favorite <laughs> bard uh college um, i think out of the three in xanathar's mm-hmm. it's my least favorite but probably out of all of them it's still up there yeah i mean they're all good uh except for valor which i still like um so i like to call this the path of the diet fighter but basically this bard the the concept of this bard is that they treat <coughs> combat and and specifically sword play as a form of art or form of right. entertainment mm-hmm. um so this could be like a a dancer, if you will, or maybe a gladiator, but that is super about the performance part. Like it's almost like a, a pro wrestler. You know I what think, I mean? Yeah, I think it's more like a, um, 
Yeah, like it, the gladiator, but it, like embracing the entertainment of exactly. it all. Exactly. Yeah, that's well, cool. Well, it's, it's like pro wrestling. Like you can say what you want about pro wrestling, like not being real or whatever. And I'm not a pro wrestling fan when it comes to like WWE or any of that stuff. I don't know anything about it. But what I do know is that is not easy stuff to do. And that is a performance. Yes. And it may not be technically a sport, but it's, it's not something that's easy to do. And it's something that those men are very passionate about. And I would even like argue that. It is a it is a sport in its own right. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like you got to sculpt your body. You got oh, it's definitely you got to come up with a persona. And yeah, like, you absolutely. You got to do like acrobatics on. And that's stage. my point. It is it's a physically demanding job that you have to yeah. be strong and fit for. It's and, stage and scripted for sure. Yeah, but like absolutely. That's it's that's what it is. This yeah. is what this is about. And with the College of Swords, like your art form also just happens to make you really good at combat is john cena gonna make it yeah is he gonna be is he he gonna get another championship (laughs) i don't i don't know i don't know exactly how it (laughs) works but i know john cena is decorated so so basically you're gonna get all your bardic inspiration stuff you're gonna get all your spell slots john cena is a glamour bard no john cena is a college of sword bard no he's a glamour bard he's a glamour bard you can't see him what it's it's an illusion Okay, I, I don't understand. Are you John referencing C- something? Yes. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right. He's probably a sword bard. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this. So not <laughs> only do you get all these the, the awesome like spellcastery stuff that a bard gets, but you actually become pretty dang good at physical combat, which is saying something because most of the other what you would call gishes uh, of this game aren't very good at balancing the two usually you're just way better at one than the other when did it comes you say gishes to... yeah gish oh yeah we'll talk that? about gishes one day it, okay yeah i i actually that's a don't... different podcast we do yeah it's a different <laughs> we talk about words brian's never heard <laughs> exactly <laughs> well you know that's a subsection of this podcast it's okay. just we're gonna leave that little subsection for another day because i want to talk about this guy <laughs> okay <it>. um <laughs> so the way they express the combat capabilities of the College of Swords Bard is very reminiscent to the Battlemaster Fighter, which I think is why you probably felt like it took uh, it a definitely chomped my feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which that was the first character you ever rolled was the Battlemaster Fighter. But let's get into it. No, Rohan's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at level three, which is when you can take this subclass, you immediately get extra proficiencies, which you're gonna need. And the and the College of Valor kind of gets this too. Uh, your prof- extra proficiencies are this um, scimitars and medium armor. Nice. Um, also, you can use your blade as a spell focus. Now, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, cool that's sick. Because it makes spell casting much easier while you're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Next, you're going to get a fighting style. But you only get to choose between two, which I think is fitting. Either dueling or two weapon, which is also fitting. So you're either going to be a dual wielding bard or a bard that has a sword in one hand and a shield in the other or nothing in the other. Um, and then... This is the big one. You get the blade flourish feature. Now, basically, you are because of your bardic college and your your art form and your entertainment. You are capable of doing impressive feats of martial prowess with your weapons and whatnot. And you're also probably quick on your feet. And yeah, you can probably do handstands and cartwheels. yeah, and flips and and all that stuff. You could probably throw a sword and old stabs. You could probably you do know. a barrel roll. Yeah, that too. So. Um, <coughs> The immediate thing you get with this is when you take an attack action, uh, you gain a speed of plus 10 for the turn. That's every turn. That's really so you're super mobile. Yes, that's fantastic. Um, And then furthermore, when you attack, you can perform one of three flourishes of your choice. This is the alternative use for your bardic inspiration die. So the three flourishes are defensive flourish, slashing flourish and mobile flourish. Let's go through them. So with the defensive flourish. 
uh, you spend your bardic inspiration die. You add the number uh, that you roll on the die to your AC for a turn. So just you go in, you attack, and you boost your AC. Yes. Uh, you flavor that how you want. You're just dancing around with a sword. Just so, so good that it's hard to hit you. You're spinning them so fast. It's yeah, like part exactly. of your armor now. It confuses your enemy. Shit. <laughs> um, slashing Flourish, you just basically add the extra damage from your uh, Bardic Inspiration die. And you can, I think, add that damage to another target within 10 feet. I think that's how that works. I remember something like that. Something like that. Basically, it's extra damage, and you can also kind of spread it a little bit, which is nice. You basically, like, slash and also hit that guy. Also hit that guy. Yeah, so there's that. And then there's Mobile Flourish, where you get to push a target five feet, um, and then you can then move into the space that they were. Yeah, these are just Battlemaster maneuvers. Yeah, it's a Battlemaster maneuver, and I like that. I like that little controllingness yeah. of it all. Um, thing is, that's where it stops. So you like, you'll never be as good as a battle master, which you shouldn't be because they're a battle be master. master. Exactly. And uh, so but the thing is, you can literally go into a fight and not spend any spell slots and like be uh, competent. Yeah. Like, which is saying something. Like, you not only do you get uh, like the proficiencies to actually hit with a sword, but like you could do stuff with that sword. It's exactly. not just like it's not like um like a hex blade where. Well, not Hexblade, but like a Blade Lock, where it's like, oh, you can also just hit with a sword. The end. The end. This is uh, extra stuff on top of that. Plus, if you if you really need to like step out of the fray, you can just start casting fucking spells. Exactly. Um, <coughs> after this, at level six, you get the extra attack feature, which is great. Um, it, honestly, the only class, I think the only class that gets more than one extra attack is the fighter. So, like, you're already getting as much extra attacks as a paladin or a ranger get. So, pretty good. Pretty I, I like to n- picture, like, a, said about that. like a fencer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, like, super, like, visually stimulating for a lot of people, especially during the Olympics. I know a lot of people start to watch fencing. Oh, okay. um, And, and it, it's very pretty. Um, or, like, somebody who throws daggers or a sword swallower. Those are the kinds of, like, these are the kinds of people that i picture learning like sword bardry yeah bardodacious another thing about this class and that like you can choose to to implement or not is like in real life though all these flourishes and all the hollywood uh glamour to this fighting style actually would be very very not good in actual combat like they leave openings and whatnot but because of the magic of barding like this fighting style that would probably not be very effective is right you could flavor it like that i kind of like that that's like trying to do choreographed fight moves from like the matrix in a boxing match you're gonna get fucked up exactly that's exactly right or it's like taking what sword fighting is on tv yeah uh and And pitting up up against like a real fencer or something like that you'll just get stabbed yes you're gonna get stabbed a bunch too (laughs) unless like not even one time like a bunch of times you're a college of swords bard so at level 14 we got the big one again uh you get what's called master's flourish uh, you can forego using your bardic inspiration for flourishes. So basically, you can either not use... So you're using bardic inspiration slots, right? You're using your dice yeah, for the, your the, flourishes. Right. So, uh, you, you know, so those are limited. Mm-hmm. Well, with at level 14, you can just choose to not use those. And if you do, um, you just get a D6. Cool. Which is lower than... At level 14, you probably have a D8 or a D10. So it's a little bit lower, but it's free, and you can do it as many times as you want. Mm-hmm. I, the main thing is, once you do burn through your, all your Bardic Inspiration dice, it it doesn't mean you have to stop doing your flourishes. You can just keep doing flourishes now. You don't have to worry about a finite resource for and you flourishes. Don't, you just don't 
add the bardic inspiration die to it anymore because you're no, out. You just you just transfer over to this free D6 that you get now. Cool. Yeah. Really so cool. I, yeah, it's solid. It's it's straightforward. It's to the point. It's not like Unbreakable Majesty for the uh, the College of Glamour, but I think it's a really good feature. In so that I way, like you're it. you're a little better than a. Um, <coughs> than a Battlemaster because the Battlemaster's finite, you know? Yeah, the Battlemaster is finite, but I think the Battlemaster gets a feature where it recharge, they get a certain recharge with short rest. I, yeah, that, that I think it's one or two. Yeah, and I, I, I'd have to go back and read the Bardic Inspiration uh, feature itself. Short I'm not rest, sure what, is it short rest? Yeah, short or, or long. So yeah, you're right. In a way, this is kind of so. like resource-wise, this is definitely better than the Battlemaster. Right, yeah. but as far as potency and power, I you, think the Battlemaster is still better. And absolutely. like, you do get a lot of maneuvers, like especially in the mm-hmm. later levels, you keep get, you keep on getting more, and the die goes up to I think all the way up to a D12. I think it goes up to a D12, and like you said, there's more maneuvers, there's more types of things you can do. Yeah, knocking people prone <clears throat> is dope. I'm gonna, I'm going to be honest. I think that the Battlemaster fighter needs more maneuvers. I think mm-hmm. I don't know what type of book we would need to get to add on to it but like spellcasters have been getting more spells and even the warlock got more um what are they called um oh my gosh there's a word for them it's like passive abilities that they get eldritch uh invocations oh yeah uh the warlock got more invocations i think the battle master needs like a cool eight more options for their uh Ooh, wow. maneuvers i i just think like especially with this College of Swords Bard, which kind of it does step on the flavor. I'm not going to deny that. I I like it, but it definitely makes the bar the the fighter battlemaster a little bit less attractive mm-hmm. because it's also a full caster. Um, so I think I think the battlemaster needs some more options. Yeah, I personally. think putting status effects on people is really cool. Mm-hmm. I think all the sword fighting that you do when you when you're a battlemaster or a bard would make you really fucking tired. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think so. Let's take a short rest. (laughs) Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. 
And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the part of the show. We're going to stop talking about bards. We're going to talk about a new contest. Tell them, Will. <laughs> yes, we are giving away two basic starter sets. That's right, everybody. Two basic starter sets. And we'll be giving them away on March 1st. Now, I I was thinking that the last couple um, contests that we ran, we gave away uh, content that was, like, really for, like, people who have been playing the game. Like, Tales of Yawning Portal, like, that was for, like, a, you're already a dungeon master and you want that book. Xanathar's Guide. It's like you're already been playing the game and now you want the extra options. And yes. so we decided, like, why don't we give away something to to somebody who's looking to get into the game but doesn't know where to begin or maybe doesn't want to sink the money into getting the core books? Well, the basic starter set is a good place to start. So, that's, yeah, that's called a starter set. And this show is um, just as much for new listeners as it is for people who have been playing the game for a long time. Um I actually like to think we cater to new people to help like kind of get you started on things you need to know um, without Indeed. having to muddle through the books. Indeed. So because um, this information, it's kind of spread out. You know, you, yeah. you don't really get all of it in one place. It's, yeah. And even within one book, it's kind of spread out. Yeah. But yeah, we think a starter kit is a great way to help people out if you're getting into D&D. Um, obviously, if you're playing, you have everything you need to play or I hope you do. If you don't, this is a great contest for you anyway. But um, hey, free stuff. Check it out. Yeah. And the way you enter is uh, there's two ways to enter and you can uh, enter twice. Two ways to enter. <laughs> the first way is if you get on Twitter and link a or uh, tweet a link to our show, whether it's YouTube or SoundCloud or whatever. Just as long as the link to our show. Yeah. To your followers with the hashtag DungeonCast. Hashtag DungeonCast. You will be entered on the list to win. And also, if you leave us an iTunes review, iTunes review within the window of... Uh, February 1st to March 1st, uh, you'll also be entered to win. That's right. So two possible ways to enter and up to two entries per person. Uh, we're giving away two starter packs, Indeed. D&D starter packs. What yeah. comes in that? Starter like a, sets. Starter sets. It's a DM <laughs> screen, and I know there's like a, like um, a version there, of the player's handbook in there. There's a little, there's a mini adventure called uh, The Lost Minds of Fendelver. Excuse me. Yeah, that's right. That's what the Adventure Zone based their first uh, arc, arc uh, campaign arc off of. Yes, and also uh, I think there are some pre-made characters that go up to level five. Magnus, and Merle, and Taco. 
No, not those three. <laughs> Wizard, fighter, and cleric. Uh, yeah, there might. I think there's four or five characters. They in use there. The, the the starter sheets from those from that. Oh, set. they do, but yeah. then they change it. Well, yeah, yeah. but yeah, they do. They do take take two of the characters and use those. Um, yeah, so it's just like it's it's everything you need to start an adventure and see if you like the game. Very cool. Yeah. If you want to find us on soundcloud.com slash the dungeon cast, you can by typing those things I said into your, your web browser. Um, <laughs> you can also find us on YouTube if you search the dungeon cast. You can email us at the dungeoncast at gmail.com. Or like Will said, you can find us on Twitter at the dungeon cast to enter our new contest for two starter sets from February 1st, 1st to March 1st. Indeed. Yeah, it's like a month. <laughs> also, I, I was feeling like our other contests were lasting too long. I'm like, let's just do a month this time. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, where else can they find us? Fuck. I think that's everywhere. You said YouTube and SoundCloud. Oh, Patreon people. Um, oh, yeah. We have some Patreon people. Oh, we got people. Patreon people. Um, we need to figure out who those are. Break. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Okay. I <laughs> found out who the Patreon people are and very uh, wanted to be sure of the names. But uh, thank you very much to Chelsea Novak, uh, Nathan K. Sims, and Ven Zero M Zero. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Venom Zero. I think they just <laughs> use the O as a zero, which is clever. Thank you. <clears throat> I think. Is, sorry, is. I butchered your name, Ven- Venom Zero or Venom Zero M Zero. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Nathan. And thank you, Venom Zero. It's probably just Venom Zero. You're right. <laughs> uh, thank you guys we appreciate it so much yeah it, it really helps us out and i hope you're enjoying the patreon content yeah i hope you guys are too um speaking of that uh i'm working on editing the vault raiders right now and mm-hmm. i can't fucking stop laughing yeah, it's really, it, was it was so really good funny. um i'm super duper proud of it um it's gonna be uh all i really got left to do is the music so hopefully by next episode or the one after this uh it'll be done Mm-hmm. And uh, anybody in the five dollars tier can get access to the second uh, installment of the Vault Raiders. We are going to be releasing a uh, snippet of that onto YouTube and Patreon. Yes, if you enjoyed the first Vault Raiders uh, episode, uh, you will really, really enjoy the second one. Yeah, um, this is a direct continuation of the first uh, the first game's storyline. They are one shots. They're about four hours. I split them up into one hour episodes. So there's going to be eight episodes of Vault Raiders content in the uh in the five dollar tier that we have on patreon if you want uh, access to the seasonal games um it's just another thing you get at the ten dollar tier you get a bunch of other stuff go to the patreon.com slash dungeon cast you'll find it there and uh, i think uh unless you got anything else to add we're gonna call it a short rest yeah let's get back to the show let's get back to not resting back to the show all right ready we're back we're back whoa <laughs> yeah star wipe I said time where we said Star White. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got one last uh, subclass to talk about, Brian. Uh, and I think you said it was your favorite of the this three. This is my favorite of the three. Okay. And, um, okay, so it's going to sound weird because it's also, I think this also chomps on the fla- flavor of another class, like super hard. Mm-hmm. But, but you never played that class. No, but I also <laughs> like, I like the idea of multi-classing <laughs> them together. So like. Yeah, I do too. It's just um, like a different version of the same thing, like a different approach. So well, where you're, like you're, the sword bard felt like a step on. You're trying to say that the College of Whispers is very reminiscent of the Assassin Rogue. The Assassin <laughs> Rogue, particularly um, the Assassin. It's very roguish in general, but yeah. particularly the Assassin. I, I, I definitely see some similarities. I think it is different. I think it's different enough to uh, it's it's very different at the same time. Yeah, um, but there are it's definitely a similar similar you're, flavor. You're singing and shit and you're like um, out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't have to sing. Yeah. You can do whatever. Actually, I don't picture these guys singing very very well sometimes. I picture Let's them uh it. like being uh <clears throat> like re- like issuing rhetoric 
like a speech. Sure, yeah. So the so the premise of the College of Whispers is that you are part of a college that is they talk like this essentially a shadow time. organization that uses the good reputation of bards um, in the greater world to gain access to the upper echelons of society and the secret places of the world. Right. Um, they are a, it's a bardic college that has an agenda. Like and what that agenda is can can vary on 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 the player and the dungeon master. Right yeah, that game. could be like a world building choice. Yeah, it's a world building choice. You know, it maybe you guys are a vigilante justice kind of society that like tries to route corruption in the upper echelons of society, or maybe you just are a um, like Ocean's Eleven and you just do like high oh level God. heists, like <laughs> big heists. Dope. You could be an assassins guild. Like yeah, that's the obvious. Choice. And a bunch of you are Kenku. Yeah. yeah, or maybe it's like. World domination, your guys are essentially the Illuminati. It could be all kinds of different things. Can you imagine a bunch of fucking bird people just like, hey, what's up? Yeah, hey, what's that'd, up, be, that'd be cool. Up. Except for the, the, Ken, I, see, the Kenku would never be able to formulate the ideas it would take to run this shadow organization. No, they'd be the lackeys. Oh, yeah, they'd definitely yeah, be the lackeys. They'd be like I the see footmen. That. Like, <clears throat> here, I taught this one how to lockpick. Take him with you. Right. Just like make sure you tell him exactly what you want him to do all the time forever. So this subclass focuses on a few things. Psychic damage, for some reason. Uh, the fear condition, <laughs> and also identity theft and subterfuge. And I like uh, the implementation of more psychic type things in the game <laughs> because too. they have it and it just like floats out with the like, what are the illithids or whatever? Uh, yeah, the illithids do a lot of psychic damage. I mean, there's a lot of psionic uh, wielding monsters. There's not a lot of psionic stuff in like on the player end of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine ev eventually there will be. There definitely will be when they uh, start making uh, a Dark Sun setting like book. Oh, um, that's gonna have a lot of psionic stuff. I cool. think Eberron might have some psionic stuff too. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Isn't there an Unearthed Arcana like that is just a psionic something? Like yes, psychic base. Yeah, the the class, the Mystic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which there eventually, we'll get that too. Probably with the Dark Sun setting. No, oh. but we'll see. All I right, gotta find a way to summon <coughs> that book. Yeah, let's get back to the bard, though. Okay. So at level three, you get you get a feature called Psychic Blades. Uh, basically, it, this is kind of similar to Sneak Attack. It's just extra damage when you attack. You spend your bardic inspiration die on it. That's your alternative thing. Yeah. Um, basically, you get like 2d6, right? Yeah, when you hit an enemy with a physical attack, you can spend a bardic inspiration die, and you get 2d6 of psychic damage. Um, now, this goes up as you level up, much like Sneak Attack damage would. Right. So, there it is. So. Yeah, basically sneak attack, yeah. but not. I, you don't have to sneak. It doesn't I, have the conditions that sneak attack has. To no, do it. no. It, instead, it's a finite a, resource. Right. Yeah. Which I like this because it, like you said, you said that you think that assassin and this college would go good together, and I agree with you. But I think uh, the point of psychic blades is to kind of discourage you from multi-classing you kind of yeah because because before because i'm going to build a whispers bard at the end of this and i was like do i want a multi-class assassin mm -hmm. but you have to go pretty deep in the assassin subclass to get like the really good stuff yeah and like it just wouldn't go great with like i guess you could like go low and bard but i'm not going to do that today i'm going right. to build a bard right. primarily well I, I think what i like in general about these subclasses and about 5e in general is they try and make multi-classing to be like plan c 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you really need to, you can. But we're going to try and make it so you don't need to. So rather than try and fuse a fighter with a bard, we're just going to make you a bard that can fight. Right. Uh, rather than try and fuse an assassin and, and a bard, we're just going to make you an assassin bard. Right. And and here we are. So you also get a... I'm like, more. Give a, me more. Indeed. <laughs> You also get another feature at level three called Words of Terror. Um, <laughs> That's super cool. <laughs> you could spend a minute in casual conversation with a humanoid. Um, and as you do this, if they understand your language, that you can seed paranoia in their mind. Yeah, you tell them all your dark fetishes. Well, the thing is, you could talk about... No, you could talk... <laughs> well, I mean, you could. You could talk about whatever I mean, that you want. What you me. talk about doesn't matter. You're, you're magically... Um, manipulating their mind secretly as you're as you're talking to them right uh they they need to make a wisdom safe and if they fail they become frightened of a creature of your choice for an hour yeah now this is really cool because like you told him a fucking story about your boy and he, yeah like, how fucking fucked up he is yeah absolutely yeah it could it could be you told him all of your or, boy's dark fetishes like well maybe you're trying to get a guy to divulge some information to you about their boss or about someone above them right um that you can't quite get to but this person has an in like you can kind of work the conversation to make it seem like that person's actually a danger to you i'm here to help you so why don't you tell me everything i need to know to do damage to them yeah unless you want to take the damage and it'll be 2d6 a psychic bitch <laughs> indeed plus this rapier strike very manipulative <laughs> i really like this I, I i could see a lot of uses for words of terror um yeah it's it's just good good shit. Playing a bard is such like a you got a lot to live up to. Like true, for like role play wise. Yeah, you got to be true. quick thinker. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, that's definitely the norm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to be. You can yeah. just do the thing and yeah. like roll dice to compensate. I feel like the less the the way I like to run the table is if the bard is really good and likes to do more on their role play end, mm -hmm. the less dice they have to roll or the lower the DCs are. Right. Like if you hit me with something loud, I'm like, Oh, this yeah. guy's going to be fucked up by that. That's yeah. the, the DC just drops real low. Yeah. And like, no, I, I agree with that to a certain extent. Definitely. Your charisma is probably so fucking high. Yeah. I probably, God, is. it's probably yeah. a plus three or four. That's why I was thinking in the glamor bar. And I'm like, God, you're going to fucking select three or four people to fucking do whatever. And be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a level six, you get uh, a feature called mantle of whispers. Now this, I this was the feature that made me go, oh shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I know you don't watch Game of Thrones, but in Game of Thrones there is a. Um, I'm not gonna get too into spoilers or anything, but there is a group of people called the Faceless Men, in which they steal the faces of people and then can like in uh, infiltrate anywhere, like Mission Impossible. I don't know, because I've never seen Mission Impossible, Brian. Fuck, Will. <laughs> We've talked about that on this podcast multiple times. But um, but yeah, you much like, uh, I guess, Black Widow from Marvel Comics. Yeah, like, definitely. She, she has like that screen mm -hmm. thing that mesh. In well, Mission Impossible, it's like a fucking rubber piece, and they fucking pull it off. Okay, so, like, it's, I'm actually so Tom it's Cruise. stupid. But no, it's good. It's like... <laughs> It, it's so, so good. So it's like it's Austin so, Powers. Yeah. Well, they're making fun of. I know spy because movies. it's stupid. Yeah, it's a spoof. So yeah, it's not stupid. It's fucking awesome. Okay. They've got right. a little like chip they put on their throat uh -huh. that works like uh, the Mockingbird gum. I don't know what that is. Where you um, you can just like emulate someone else's voice perfectly with like. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and they wear it with like the mask is super good. Like okay. they do it. He takes it off like in the scene. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. fuck. Oh wow. Yes, that's pretty cool. Very good. I'm a like, Tom Tom Cruise motherfucker. <laughs> Every time I'm like, shit, he's Tom Cruise. One time they do they take one off and it's Tom Cruise and then he takes it off again. It's not Tom Cruise. I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've been whispered. Well, in Game of Thrones, <laughs> the faceless men are like they're like 
the most expensive assassins on the planet. And oh, for in, hire. For hire, yeah. yeah. And in the game of Dungeons & Dragons, Mantle Whispers gives not you an ability. Thrones. Yeah, not of Thrones. Uh, the Mantle Whispers gives you an ability that's somewhat similar. You steal someone's face, basically, but not in the same way, because they literally physically steal You do it in face. like a horror movie kind of way? No, where a lot basically, of when a human dies within 30 feet of you, you have the choice. Oh, to, this, yeah. You have the choice to capture its shadow for a day. If you do this, you can use the shadow to disguise yourself as that person for one hour. Furthermore, you so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Furthermore, you magically gain access to all general information and surface memories of the individual. Yeah, that's very good and it's very powerful. powerful. Yeah. So this feels this is part of the reason I want to build the Whispers Bard is this feels mm-hmm. like Majora's Mask when you get the essence of like the Deku scrub or mm-hmm. the Goron, mm-hmm. you put on the mask and you like become, you don't just become a Goron. You mm-hmm. become, uh, I think his name is Darunian or something. You become, become like a person, a folk yeah. hero of yeah. their tribe yeah. and they recognize you as him and you can kind of just, they're just like, Hey, do you remember that thing you told me you were going to do? It's time to do it. And you just, you go do it and they are none the wiser. Oh yeah. And they're yeah, just like, yeah. Oh fuck. Like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yet. That game, some, that game is based off of like death and denial of death and stuff like that. So they just like accept that stages of grief. Yeah. They, people think you're a ghost. Yeah. The stages of grief. People think you're a fucking ghost sometimes. Like I, I'm pretty sure I fucking buried you, but here you are. So like magic. Yay. Thanks. Yeah. This feels like that. Yeah. And I would say there is a, there is a similarity there. Except nobody watched you die. You so, killed someone in secret and you're just them now. Yeah. For an hour. Well, you didn't have to kill them. Your friend could have killed them. Well, yeah, as long as they died. <laughs> they died within 30 feet of you. That was their mistake. <laughs> oh, man, uh, that wall just collapsed. It was weird. I'm going to be them, though. Yeah. Um, this is super cool when you're going to be like, it's time to bust the heist. I need to be the mayor to get into this fucking place or whatever. Time yeah. to kill them. The main limitation of this ability is the time frame. Right. One you, hour. Well, yeah, one hour once you uh, put the face on and only a day uh only uh within a day of when you stole the shadow in the first place right now the assassin rogue has the ability to like build personas over time and then they can just, just be do that, that. Yeah. yeah there's no there's no uh time limit on any of that what so kind of campaign are you in where you're like getting the full use out of that you know i don't know i i really like an idea of running like a one shot or like a, a little mini campaign series where there you like the, the players are part of a, a shadow organization or like an assassin's guild and everyone chooses like a very assassiny type class. So like you'd have like a college of whispers bard and assassin rogue and I don't, a necromancer wizard and like just a real dark uh, party. <laughs> I just think of, it'd be the, really cool. The league of extraordinary evil. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. It'd be something like that. Yeah. And I think that'd be really league cool. Of shadows. League of shadows. Yeah. Yeah. There, there it is. Um, so they're not all like anti-Batman ninjas. Yeah, you could do uh, the, an evil League of Evil like in Doctor Horrible. It'd <laughs> be <laughs> oh my really God. cool. Yeah, all led by Dark Horse. But anyways, back. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Oh my God. Okay, moving moving on. <laughs> well, you know me. I know. Like you've seen Mission Impossible, and I've seen Doctor Horrible. Yeah. What world is it? what world are we <laughs> oh, living we, in? We live worlds apart. <laughs> okay. Uh, level you know what 14. brings us together? Dungeons and Dragons. That's right, my all friend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So level fourteen, you get the big one. It's called Shadow Lore. Um, it's a complex feature, so I just printed it out just so I could read it out loud. Yeah. Um, at 14th level, you gain the ability to weave dark magic into your words and tap into a creature's deepest fear. As an action, you magically whisper a phrase that only one creature of your choice within 30 feet of you can hear. Cool. The target must make a wisdom save against your spell save DC. It automatically succeeds if it doesn't understand the language you're speaking. 
On a successful saving throw, the whisper sounds like an unintelligible muttering. Like, it has no effect. Yeah. Uh, on a failed save... Get out of my ear, bro. Yeah, what? What'd you say? <laughs> uh, on a failed save, or on a... Yeah, on a failed save, the target is charmed by you for the next eight hours. Now, this isn't going to be like a normal charm, because this charm has to do with fear. Um... Or until your allies attack it, uh, damage it, or force it to make a saving throw. It interprets the whisper that you spoke to it as the, a description of its most mortifying secret. You gain no knowledge of the secret, but the target is convinced that you do. The charm creature obeys your commands for fear that you will reveal its secret. It won't risk its life for you or fight for you unless it is already inclined to do so. It grants you favors and gifts it would offer to a close friend. When the effect ends, bribes. Yeah, bribes. Well, uh, when the effect ends, the creature has no understanding of why it held you in such fear. And so that's that last line kind of confuses me. And it's because, like, do they still think you knew the you know the secret or no? Probably not. No, right? no. Okay. They honestly, all they know is that you did something to them, and. They but it's so, like a hole, right? It's like a, almost like they don't remember. It, it'd be a hole in the memory. It's I like would a think. fog. Maybe there's yeah. like a fog over it. Like, yeah, yeah. They I, were talking to me. And it was scary. I remember that, but I can't for the life of me remember what the fuck they even said. Yeah, because like, that's kind of how the charm starts. Right. They how know how what the fuck you, you even flavor said. the after effects is going to have to be up to you as a dungeon master. But the way I see it, the way it reads, is it kind of just ends up being like any other charm where it's like, right, they just know you did something to them and manipulated them. Yeah, but not like, it, it doesn't explicitly say they know that you charmed them. Like no, how a charm person would No, be. but but basically, they just don't understand why they were so scared of you. Right. And I think the natural uh, line of logic is then, oh, they must have done some sort of magic to me. Yeah. Now, this depends on your world that? and how common magic is. Or they drugged you. Like, yeah, this this all is circumstantial. So it's going to be up to you as a DM as to what happens when this is all I mean, said it's, and done. It's very interesting. But again, it's like the Assassin Rogue. It's like, what kind of campaign... Well, I can see this like having its uses in like a normal setting. Um, the thing is, I, I whenever we talk about like these like the assassin rogue or this this subclass, I always think of a uh, little mini campaign I was in that it just it, it would have been a full campaign, but it got cut short. Where my buddy was DMing us, and the entire storyline was going to take place in this great city, mm-hmm. and basically, um, that's very different from most campaigns. You're going to be constantly talking with people and in an urban setting moving around i mean there was going to be a big like political intrigue is where political you're going, intrigue right? yeah. like we had to infiltrate like a, a masquerade and and a bunch of other stuff, stuff. like that yeah. and you're going like, to be trying to manipulate the people in the positions of authority exactly and these classes of course would shine in those in yeah those and that's what i'm thinking yeah. about is like they're probably intended for these settings like if you're out like slaying monsters and delving in dungeons there's not a lot of npc interaction to to let these things kind of flourish yeah. Which is why it's I probably think, a subclass. I think a lot of campaigns spend a lot more time in cities than you would think. Probably, because yeah. ours, ours not so far. I mean, soon. Um, soon, yeah. But, soon. Um, even in... But if you think about it, old in, game, in it, the old game... No, I was going to say, in did. the old game, you spent a lot of time in, in, in the city of Varen's Gate. And then and in if the some city of, us, of Hearth. That you're probably... Uh, you make a good point, because if any of us had these abilities, you we probably would have used them. them. Yeah, mm-hmm, Definitely. But since we didn't, we're just a bunch of fucking schmoes, like, yeah. <laughs> trucking about. Yeah. You know, we're going to swing the sword, and Ex- that's going to be that. Exactly. Okay. Uh, that being said, I think we're done with the College of Whispers, unless you had anything to add. And I think it's time we built a character. Well, then we're not done with the College of Whispers, Will, because we're going to be all up in that thing's but that's a good point. Uh, it's but 
No. Okay, so we're Dan Daniel. We're gonna we're gonna build a bard. Yeah, dude, um, totally. Um, so her name is Jade Hudson, and she's a halfling. All right, I like it. Um, her father died when she was very young. Or no, sorry, her mother died when she was very young, okay. and she was raised by her father and found that she had inherent magical abilities and started going to bard school. But then got fucking picked up by evil bard school. They were like, <laughs> "I'm gonna poach." They're like student poachers, like in yeah. uh, in martial arts uh, dojos and stuff. When like um, particularly talented students get like poached by another dojo. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I like that. That's pretty just cool. like, hey, you're a great bard. I'm gonna teach you to be a very good bard. And she's got like issues with being raised by a single parent and like. Her okay. dad lies to her and stuff. She's like, I'm going to get I'm going to get this guy. And I picture her family being uh, people of some political importance where she's from. OK, but not like, you know, maybe like a noble, a low, a lower noble class okay. of some kind. Maybe um, a, maybe a merchant class. Some, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Somebody important, but not like pivotal. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. like somebody that. with some weight, but yeah. nothing crazy. A little bit of clout. Maybe like a daughter of a nightclub owner or something like that. Okay, I like that. That's cool. Um, there we go. And it's kind of kind of seedy. Like mm-hmm. they're not the they're not the best practitioner of like business uh, corp. They're evil corporate kind of. Yeah. Okay. In I get like it. a very small timey way. I don't okay. know. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Like something. I want that type of vibe where it's okay. like, you know, my dad's not the. Particularly a good person, right. and like I, uh, I'm being like passed around to babysitters all the time. Like other people look after me, and not my father. Yeah, and my okay. mom died, and I feel like kind of like not the best upbringing. Right, it's like a strange parenting yeah. almost. So yeah. it it led to some um when this person came and swooped them up from the bard college and started teaching them how to be a bard of whispers that like really wasn't they were very impressionable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this person's a a halfling, so they're. Um, what looks like a few feet high, like three yeah. feet high, yeah, kind of dwarf, dwarf size almost. No, dwarves not... are a lot bigger than halflings. Oh, are they like I... four feet then? Yeah, no, dwarves are like four and a half feet tall. Okay, and they're just like, like thick and huge. Yeah, buff. Yeah. Like, well, halflings are like three to three and a half feet tall. Halfling yeah. equals hobbit. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's a copyright yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Think about think about Gimli versus Frodo. Right. Like Gimli was bigger than Frodo. Yeah, don't yeah. Bo- don't have them box each other. Yeah, uh, definitely, probably. Yeah. Uh, okay, so as a um, as a halfling, I get plus two to dex, and I think I'm going with the light foot to get a plus one. Or no, that's what gives me the plus two to dex. No, plus or two no. to dex is all halflings. Plus one to charisma is because you chose light foot. Light foot. Okay, yeah. and I because I think that's going to help me with my barding. Obviously, yeah, you need charisma. No, it's, it's the it's the obvious choice. And then I took the charlatan background because I think eventually, as life goes on, uh, I think I'm going to build this character as like a um, maybe like a 23, 24 year old that is just like ahead of themselves it, as far as age. They're maybe treated with the respect of like a 40 or 50 year old person. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Um. So very advanced. Um. Probably going to put some some kind of uh stat into intelligence that's yeah she seems like a smart person yes and and they're gonna have to be because the um the bard call bard uh whispers college that she got picked up from is also like a low-key like they're up and coming in the um high tier crime syndicate kind of so like an ocean's 11 vibe is like a heist kind of thing and these are all smart people this Mm -hmm. is more of like a um we're trying to get into positions of political influence right to like make things turn in our favor in the scope of society. Right. Okay. So, um, I like that. I like all that. That yeah. all sounds good. What would you say your name was? Jade Hudson? Jade Hudson. Okay. Yeah. The, like half, the halfling female. Uh, gotcha. 
So let's let's get to the yeah. Stats, let's I think. let's roll your ability scores and then we'll start building the bard part of this character. So go ahead and roll. You're gonna roll six and what I'm gonna write it down. What color is garbage right now? Um, I think the yellow. Fuck yellow. <clears throat> okay. All right, let's roll. Rolled in. All right, six two two. That's uh, ten. Okay. What's up, Constitution? <laughs> I don't <More> know. Strength. <laughs> More like wisdom. Uh, it's a 12. 12. What's All up, right. wisdom? Oh, yeah, I guess that I don't really need wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Never dump constitution. I don't really see this person. Um, I'm building it kind of like an NPC okay. standpoint, I but um, well, that might not be relevant. Ooh, that's bad. That's an 8. Two, two. Okay, now you need three good ones. <laughs> Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> Five, four, two. Uh, that's 11. Mm hmm. Mm. Dang, now, you need, average. now you need two real good ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's another 11. That's another 11. Wow. Your highest right now is a 12. Maybe she's not as good as shit as I thought. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that four, is... Four, three. That's 11. My God, dude. I've never seen someone roll so bad. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah, dude, that's real bad. Well, I'm going to re-roll the uh, eight. Re-roll the eight, yeah. Five, three, three. It's a fucking 11. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm just above average. You said Ocean's 11 and the dice heard you. Yeah, they were like, did you say 11? Did you say fuck I just want to see what you could do with a character that's rolled this bad. You literally only have a plus one to one thing. (laughs) Well, luckily my features are fucking cool. Well, also, okay, we we get to add (coughs) your, your racial stuff. Right, the plus two to Dex, the plus one to Charisma. So uh, you could have a... But the plus one to Charisma is fucking meaningless with a fucking 12... (laughs) <laughs> okay, so well, you can make uh, an eleven into a twelve, and then a twelve into a fourteen. <laughs> I okay. Here's what I'm gonna do. All I'm right. gonna turn the ten and put it in decks and turn it into twelve. Okay, okay. I see what you're, you're trying to spread it out. Yeah, I'm gonna be just if eleven is what the stat block wants me to be, then that's what I'm gonna fucking be, my <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. All right. So okay. Good. So um, well, you do get one ability score bonus. That's why I'm four. thinking I'm gonna leave some elevens on the sheet. So okay, um, gotcha. I'm gonna give myself the um, third. Because of that, because I know I'm gonna go up to level six with this character, mm-hmm. and I get that increase, I'm gonna leave the um, I'm gonna give the twelve to charisma. Make that a thirteen. And make that a thirteen. Okay. So then at the boost, I'll get a fourteen. Okay. You turn the ten into twelve. Now you have four elevens to so do right. with what you will. So um, as a matter of fact, it doesn't matter. All, they're, they're all, all eleven. 11 so <laughs> you have eleven in everything. So I'm not particularly bad at anything, though. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, you are. You're bad at a lot of things. I'm bad at four things. You're bad at four things. But, okay. But I'm going to get expertise, so like my skill tree still looks <coughs> decent. That's valid. Um, Let's jump ahead real quick to level four and just what what are you going to do with those ability score bonuses? Um, I think I'm going to put um the... Okay, well, I could put two into... Oh, I didn't think that far ahead. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. You could put one into charisma. I'm going to put one, one into, into charisma and one into intelligence. Okay. Just as like a role play thing. I like that. Okay. <coughs> so, so final ability scores are 11 in strength, 12 in dexterity, 11 in constitution, 12 in intelligence, mm-hmm. 11 in wisdom, and 14, 14 in charisma. charisma. That's not bad. It could be worse. It could, it be, could worse. be a lot worse. I could have a negative in something. Yeah, it's true. Um, and as a bard, like um, jack of all trades, master of none, right? Yeah, it's very that's very fitting. Yeah. All right, fuck you, D six. So let's uh worked, <laughs> worked around you. All right, let's uh let's roll your HP. So grab me that D eight. Uh, 
your starting HP is essentially going to be, um, well, eight. So, <laughs> so you start with eight, and you're going to go ahead and just roll five more D8s. They're not going to add anything to it because your constitution is an 11. Here's five D8s. Well, all at once, coming yeah, at you well, fast. Well, Hopefully, they're better than the sixes. Um, oh, God. Oh, well, well, it's not bad. You that's got a seven. All over the place. So that makes it 15. Plus one is 16. Plus two is 18. Plus five is 20. Three, yes. And then plus four is 27. You're a level six character with 27 HP. God, this is <laughs> the only character I've ever rolled that was worse statted than this was my my uh, reskinned dinosaur born wizard. Oh, was he was he really bad? Oh, he's fucking awful, man. Oh, he's got like worse stats than this. Wow. Yeah. Well, my AC so low. You're it's so God. I have to mage armor preemptively to like not die. That's common for wizards. Though. Yeah, but like it's so bad. Okay. Well, write 27 <laughs> in your max HP, you, you scrawny, scrawny girl. Okay. Um, scrawny little girl. Okay. Uh, so next up, let's. Uh, you're going to be in leather armor. That's or studded leather is the best you can do. So you might as well just put that on. Okay. Uh, that will make your AC a whopping 13. <laughs> no, 14. You have a whopping 14 AC. That's the same as my mage armored fucking dinosaur born <laughs> wizard. Okay, so um, let's. Uh, you you're proficient in dexterity and charisma uh, for your saving throws. Okay. So yay to those. You'll plug in those numbers later. They're not important. Indeed. Right now. Choose three skills. You can literally choose any three skills because you're a bard. Yeah, it's gonna be persuasion. Um, yeah, you need a lot of that. <laughs> and then. I already kind of get some extra stealth stuff, so I'm not going to... How about insight? That's a good one for uh, what I'm going yeah, for. Yeah, sure. And then, because uh, if I'm going to be lying to people, I'm going to need to know if they're lying back. Very true. Uh, and then, I guess, hmm, now I'm stuck between... Definitely perception is uh, in the running. Investigation is in the running. Uh, intimidation is in the I running. I definitely choose investigation over perception because at least you have a plus one to intelligence. That's a good that's a good way to look at it. But I do think I'm going to go with um, intimidation. Okay. Because yeah. just like that's to useful as well. really fucking go because it's based in charisma. So I, with the expertise in that, I really go for it. There's a saying. Um, if you only have one. We'll say it into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> There's a saying. If you only have one stat you need to dump, it should be charisma. Uh, but as and, a bard. And, well, hold on. That's the first half of the saying. The okay. second half of the saying is if. You can only have one good stat. It should probably be charisma. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the case here. Indeed. Okay. So um, your proficiency bonus is plus three. So go ahead and write that in, proficiency bonus. Uh, your intelli- your uh, initiative is a plus two. So plus yeah. two to initiative. That's not so bad. Um, you're going to get the jack of all trade features. You're going to get the song arrest feature. You're going to get your... Psychic Blades feature and your Words of Terror feature from the College of Whispers. Um, you yeah. are going to <laughs> Hang on, go back. Jack of all trades. Jack of all then, trades. Uh, Bardic Rest. Song of Rest. Or song of Rest. Song of Rest. Psychic Blades. Psychic Blades. Words of Terror. Words of Terror. <laughs> You're going to get the Font of Inspiration. Actually, I, I, I don't remember what that is, so I'm going to look it up real quick. Uh, font of inspiration, where are you? <laughs> um, beginning when you reach fifth level, you regain all your expended use of bardic inspirations when you short rest. And what's that called again? Uh, font of inspiration. Like F-O-N-T? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, you get counter charm at level six. 
Um, you gain the ability to use musical notes or words of power to disrupt mind-influencing effects. As an action, you can start a performance that lasts until the end of your next turn. During that time, you and any friendly creature within 30 feet of you have advantage on saving throws against being frightened or charmed. I'm glad I went to level 6 because, damn, it makes sense to be like manipulative uh, yeah. and to know how to defend yourself against that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, This is like an extreme like magical version of it, but it's the same. For you. Uh, absolutely. Um, you're going to get ritual casting, of course. <coughs> and that's only for spells that are like marked ritual, right? In, indeed. And you take one hour to do it. Yeah. So let's go ahead and choose your cantrips. I believe you're going to have three. Yeah. You're three know, cantrips. You know three cantrips, and we're going to go to the cantrip list real quick. And then we'll choose some of your like favorite spells. We're not going to go through all the spells because that would be annoying. But And then we're going to take just an overall look of Jade Hudson and see how she came out. There you go. All right, Bard. <clears throat> these are your camp choices that are in the player's handbook. I don't have the other books on me, so these are your choices. Yeah. Blade Ward, Dancing Lights, Friends, Light, Mage Hand, Mending, Message, Minor Illusion, Prestidigitation, True Strike, and Vicious Mockery. Uh, vicious Mockery for sure. Definitely. And um, I get three, right? Yeah, you get three. Uh, probably uh, Friends was on there. I think that's a good one. It's not bad, but I think with friends, they'll know they've been charmed right after it's all over. Oh, uh, well, I'm going to take message for sure. Interesting. Um, Minor illusion, mage hand, and prestidigitation are all useful. Any of those like call out to you? Minor illusion. Oh, mage hand is cool. Mage hand is very, very cool. Um, you know, <clears throat> uh, I might go with uh, prestidigitation. That prestidige is very powerful off the books. Indeed. And that by that, I mean out of combat. At level six, your highest level spell will be third level. So let's pick a couple of those. I love third level spells. They're very fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you look at the list. Okay. Third, third level. Pick a couple of those. I'm kind of going to go by sight. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I pick two or three or what? I just pick two. I'll probably go with. Um, let's see. Hmm. This is interesting. Um. I know what I'm not fucking picking. <laughs> um, what is non? Do you know what non-detection does? No, I don't. Okay, I might look at that one. Um, I'm gonna go with dispel magic. Okay. As more of like a defensive thing, and then um, probably fear. That seems good. Yeah, that's right up her alley. Sure. Yeah, you're kind of like at this point, you've kind of become like all about avoiding the fight. At all costs, like manipulate all about the yeah yeah. So maybe um, I mean, twelve intelligence is smarter than like most people. Oh yeah, yeah. You're above you're above average intelligence. Yeah, and that's what you're. That's what we're all about. So I'm gonna go ahead and um, you know what? I don't know what hypnotic pattern does. So I'm just gonna go there. I think that's an illusory thing where like you kind of lock someone in like basically in an illusion. That sounds. Like a last stitch kind of thing that this character might have. Right. Um, I think E F G H. I I know the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, podcast. Oh, here it is. Hypnotic pattern. Create twisting pattern of colors that weaves through the air inside of a 30 foot cube within range. The pattern appears for a moment and vanishes. Each creature in the area who sees the ba- pattern must make a wisdom save. I failed to save the creature becomes charmed for the duration while the charm mm. while charmed by the spell the creature is incapacitated has a speed of zero the spell ends for an effective creature if it takes any damage yeah hypnotic pattern yeah it sounds like her cool 
Okay, so we definitely got a feel for the types of spells she's going to be casting, I think, with, with those three alone kind of say it all. Yeah, illusion, uh, like def- charming, defensive, like defensive. sneaky, like message to pass something <clears throat> to somebody secretly. I like that. That's yeah. really cool. Like I'm in a meeting and somebody's <clears throat> on like the, like, I don't know the, the parameters of the spell, but if somebody's nearby and I want to like, maybe they're on like the other side of a wall, of a wall and I can like sneak them words through like a vent or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, cool. I, I like that idea. Um, your your skills are all going to be like the thing that makes this character shine. Yeah. Like, your stats aren't great and your features are cool, uh, but you you know, your spells rely on that DC, but you do, you will have good skills because you are a bard. So we'll fill in those numbers later. Right. We'll go ahead and post this um, character sheet on Twitter and on Patreon. Uh, I feel uh, like Jade is all about the, uh, all about the um, like manipulation of people and mm-hmm. staying staying out of the fight definitely I like that. and it's like a cool character getting concept. into getting into positions and passing on information and like making them like getting into places of political in- power so yeah. political entry character for sure it's also very convenient that you roll badly on a character that can avoid combat in this way yeah so this is really cool it's I really like her very role play based character I like it a lot all right I think we're done I think we've done built a bard. I done and built me a we, bard. We done talked about a bard for quite some time, so I think it's ready to call it a game. Let's call it a game. All right. The Dungeon Cast. Like, thoroughly terrible. Um, and the thing is, like, <clears throat> it's not like other movies, like Marvel movies, like, I legitimately think the Marvel movies are very good. That's not what I'm saying, but there's a certain thing about the Marvel movies where I also don't expect them to be overly, um, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Not deep, but like if something happens in the Marvel universe, this is universe that like kind of breaks the physics of what's been established. It doesn't bother me because this is a superhero universe. And, like, that's not the important part of the story. Like, superhero stories are like Greek mythologies. You don't, like, the the devils, the details don't matter as much <clears throat> as the overall character arc and dialogue and stuff like that that matter the most. But Star Wars is different. Star Wars, the details have always mattered. Like, knowing knowing exactly how bowcasters work and, like, how, like, what Wookiee culture is matters. Um, you know, under understanding how hyperdrives work and 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 the the setup of the galaxy and like the where bases are and stuff, that part matters. It's a military political drama set in space. But the politics is what everybody hated about uh because there was too much of it. Yeah, there was a yeah, lot there was a too lot of, much. And yeah. they were like but race, there's always like been politics, politics too. with the Emperor and the Grand Moff Tarkin. It's always been like a military political thing that's true and and the thing is like tyrants and shit from what i hear is like they have literally thrown all that shit to the wind and like you literally have to shut your brain off completely to enjoy it like it's an action flick and star wars has always had great action like amazing action but it's never been an action movie what i hated about revenge of the sith was like the style of filming that was going on at the time with um the shortcuts and like the very close-up views Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it ruined the fight scene a little bit for me and like i agree it's a a little hard to keep track of it. there's a lot of like flat flashing like (laughs) sword twirling which i think would have looked super cool panned out 
I think like, you're right. How come I didn't get to see any of these sick moves somebody obviously choreographed? Yeah, I know, right? You're right. You're absolutely right. Or was it actually bad far away and they had to do a close-up to kind of like cinch it out? That's possible. You know? I That's don't very know. possible. My point is like because it's Disney that owns it, they're literally giving it the Marvel treatment where like it's constantly quippy and funny like a Marvel movie. Star Wars isn't like that. That's not Star Wars. It's a drama. It's a drama. Yeah, it's a like it's a silly drama. I'm not going to say it's like some super serious drama. It's a sci-fi drama. drama. It's a sci-fi drama. Um, and when when you're turning it to all quippy dialogue with humor, you know how like Guardians of the Galaxy, you can't have a serious moment yeah. for too long. Um, you they're giving that same treatment to Star Wars, and which is a horrible idea. Um, because Star Wars is like full of serious moments that's supposed to make you go, oh shit. Oh shit, that's his fucking dad. Exactly. Oh shit, that was his fucking sister. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they macked. <laughs> Stuff like that. They macked. They totally did. I saw that. I saw it. Um, but um <laughs> and then and then again, like where like the established gross. physics needs to matter, or why the fuck am I watching this? Right. Um anyways, I'm done. We're, we're gonna talk about parts now. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story. Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.